Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so today we're going to talk about JAG. What in the world does a JAG attorney do? Uh, we're going to have some JAG attorneys on the show, uh, Schumacher and Schumacher. I hope I'm saying that correctly. If not, someone's got to correct me. Shoemaker and Shoemaker? Shoemaker. Probably Shoemaker. All right, so we're going to have uh, two JAG attorneys, husband and wife, tag team, correct? Tag team. Tag team, that's right. They're going to be on the show. They're going to talk to us about, uh, you know, what happens if I'm a military active duty soldier, sailor, or Marine, and I get allegedly charged with a crime? Am I going to face uh, the Uniform Code of Military Justice, or will I get justice handed down to me by way of the district attorney in the county of where it happened. So I'm curious to know what's going to happen with that. What's going on, Jackie? What's going on, Thomas? How you guys doing today? All right, so also, we're going to have Edwin Walker with Texas and U.S. Law Shield on the show, and he's going to talk to us about... Man, that's a surprise. I'm going to tell you a little later because I need you guys to be educated about those gun laws. you got to know what you can and cannot do. want to educate you always 24-7. But you know what? I do want to talk about, you know, the JAG attorneys. We have JAG attorneys at Shoemaker and Shoemaker. They're going to tell us what happens when a soldier is charged with a crime. Also, the Austin City Council has voted to defund the police by $150 million. I'm excited about that. They are going to be the best gun salesmen in the state of Texas. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, yes, City of Austin. City Council, Mayor Adler, I love you. You're the best gun salesman. On behalf of all the gun stores... In Central Texas, I'd like to thank you. But first, let me welcome uh, Shoemaker and Shoemaker. Welcome to Come and Talking. Hey, can you hear us okay? We hear you great. All right. All right so let me, clar let me clarify something before you go too far. Sure, go for it. I was a JAG attorney. Right. I retired from the U.S. Army about two and a half years ago. Nice. Thank uh, you for your service. I, oh, well, thank you very much. Thank you for paying your taxes. Um, but to say, I never said I to paid say taxes. that I'm a JAG attorney now, that my wife Patty is would be would be incorrect. And I'm, uh, there's thousands of JAG officers out there. I'm sure listening, and many are friends of ours. And I don't want to get those calls. So I was a JAG attorney, but we can still talk about the subject you want to talk about. Sure, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about yourself. You say you were you were a JAG attorney. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that. You know, some of the cases that you tried. You know, 
How did that I work out for go, you? I got to go farther back than that. In nice. 1995, in a pizza parlor at Fort Hood, Texas, I met my wife, Patty. And uh, we were both serving there. Um, seems like a million years ago now, doesn't it? Um, and we both continued to serve on active duty for many years. Uh, and many of those were at Fort Hood, Texas. Um, later left Fort Hood, Texas, went to law school. So did my wife, Patty. This is Patty. Hi. And, um, hey, Patty. Hey. And, and I was not a JAG officer. I was actually military intelligence. Far superior than a JAG officer. Far, far superior, I must say. That's right. They know everything. But in any event, um, then I went off to serve um, um, as, a, as a private attorney for many years. Still do. We do uh, with a practice here in town. Um, also serve as a civilian defense counsel in the military courts. Was just out at Fort Hood, Texas, uh, what, three weeks ago, two weeks ago? Mm -hmm. Not yeah. that long ago. Uh, because a lot of people may be surprised to know uh, that you can't have a private attorney if you're being tried by the military in the military courts. Um, but we've tried, you know, uh, military, we've tried cases in military courts, uh, some of them very serious cases, sexual assault and rape cases, um, uh, and then other cases that were not quite as serious, uh, theft okay. cases. Um, and then there are uniquely military offenses, which often pop up in cases, things you would be fired for uh, at your job, but the military could try you for those as well. So um, anyway, what are the questions that you have? All right. So uh, what we have is we have a case here in Austin, Texas, where we had a U.S. Army sergeant who was uh, working a side job for a ride-sharing company in Austin, Texas. He was stationed out of Fort Hood, or he is stationed out of Fort Hood. And right. so this one particular weekend, uh, he was driving downtown, just dropped off a passenger, and he made a right turn into Congress Avenue. As he made that right turn... Uh, he found himself, you know, in front of some protesters that were, you know, exercising their First Amendment rights. And so mm -hmm. they surrounded his vehicle, uh, started pounding on his vehicle. He has d pictures of damage to his vehicle. And then he, uh, someone motioned him to roll down the window. He rolled down the window. And then he realized this person was not a law enforcement officer. This person had an AK-47. They were not law enforcement. And, and, and this happened in a matter of seconds, not even minutes. It was seconds. And so with the the combination of the pounding of the vehicle, you see this person standing next to his uh, driver's side window with an AK-47. He thought this person was trying to kill him. He saw the muzzle of the gun. I hate to put, you know, words in his, you know, I tell you what he was in his, his mind of state there. And then he actually used force or what some people consider deadly force and stopped that person. And then he continued to drive off. Right. Well, because he was a sergeant in the United States Army, a lot of people, you know, are wondering you know, is this something that the Travis County, because that's the county that Austin is in, is the Travis County DA going to be the person that is going to bring charges against him? Or is it going right. to be his unit, the military? Is he going to face uniform, the Uniform Court of Military Justice? And it, what are the odds of charges actually being brought against him? Yeah, you've got several different questions here. And I'll tell you, uh, you guys contacted us last week and asked us uh, <clears throat> if we would talk about Mr. Perry in his case. So I had come up actually with a list of questions that I thought were more were more were most likely to come up, um, and you know among them is who would try him? Um, is there likely to be a trial at all? Um, how do those very interesting tweets mm -hmm. come up in a trial, whether it's a military trial or a trial in Travis County? And you know was he even within his rights to be driving for Uber at all while he's in the military? Uh, those are a bunch of questions I came up with. We can take them in any order you all want to. Uh, how about we we'll start with Patty. Patty, the soldier, Sergeant Perry, is moonlighting uh, about 60 miles from Fort Hood. Uh, can he even do that? So, yes and no. It depends. Um, it's really up to the chain of command and, frankly, the chain of command at Fort Hood on whether or not soldiers can moonlight. And a lot of times that is it's based on the impact on their job. Um, it's not uncommon. In fact, Steve and I were stationed at Fort Hood, although it's been 20, 25 years ago. You didn't um, have to tell them that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, we um, like the timeline, let me tell you. And, um, and several soldiers moonlighted. Mm -hmm. um, and as I understand, Sergeant Perry's E5. You know, right. a, a sergeant, yeah. Yeah, it's not uncommon um, because E5s don't make a lot of money in the military for them to moonlight like that. Mm -hmm. And in fact, Steve and I polled um, the 3rd Infantry Division, um, I'm sorry, the 3rd Corps. 3rd Corps, right. 3rd Corps at Fort Hood. Their um, policy letter that does allow um, active duty service members to moonlight um, on their weekends. Um, and then the 
the lower level commanders will have influence on, you know, making sure that that, that does not influence or impact their job um, right. on post. Right. So, so I don't think that he ran afoul of his unit by driving for Uber as long as they knew he was doing it. If they didn't know, then, you know, that could be an additional problem, could potentially be a charge. Uh, but be that as it may, you know, it is what it is. He's down in Austin driving for Uber. I don't see it as a problem with the military that he was doing that. Um, and I did note from one of the news articles that Uber has a policy that you're not supposed to be armed. Uh, I don't think that's really going to be a factor much for, well, for anybody here. And the military is not going to care about that. That's that's between Sergeant Perry and Uber. Now, mm -hmm. what's interesting, Michael, and a lot of people don't know this, is Sergeant Perry theoretically could be prosecuted by both Travis County and the military. Oh, wow. Uh, well, that, well, that's, that, that. yeah, that's theoretical. Okay, I'm going to tell you that under the Fifth Amendment to the Constitution, uh, most people are familiar with the concept that, of double jeopardy. You can't be twice, uh, twice tried for a case. Um, when you go through the JAG school, as, as I went through in, in Charlottesville, Virginia, you know, they kind of beat it into your head early on that the military justice system is completely separate from the state courts and is also separate from the federal government's uh, justice system. So theoretically, um, th this this uh, event did not happen on federal property, but theoretically, if it did, if it had occurred on federal property, you could have state, possibly federal, and the military charge Sergeant Perry. In this case, it happened uh, downtown Austin. So you have, you are correct. You have Travis County District Attorney, and you have the United States Army uh, in the form of the Commanding General uh, at Fort Hood, who would be the one to bring charges. Both of them could bring charges against Sergeant Perry theoretically, academically, in reality. Uh, that's very unlikely, very, very unlikely to happen. Um, did you want to say yeah, something? Yeah, I was just going to yeah. add to that. And to explain that, you know, Travis County, they have jurisdiction over over Sergeant Perry because the incident occurred in Travis County. So Correct. it's really kind of a geographical jurisdiction, whereas the military... Is very different. Yeah, they have jurisdiction based on Sergeant Perry's status. Because right. he's an active duty soldier, they have jurisdiction o over him regardless of where he is because right. of his status. With with very limited exception that applies to more more recent cyber crimes, the district attorney of any county or parish or, or whatever jurisdiction you have in the state, anywhere in the states, has jurisdiction for crimes that occur in that geographic area. Jurisdiction is geographically based. All right, so we're uh, talking with Shoemaker and Shoemaker. We're talking about, uh, you know, what's going to happen. Is uh, Sergeant Perry going to be charged uh, as far as uh, military court, or will it be uh, in Travis County court? We're talking about that. We're going to talk about Austin City Council, how they defunded the police of $150 million. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. Peace. This is Maj Toure. You're listening to Come and Talk at Radio with Michael Cargill. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Austin's Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking with Shoemaker and Shoemaker. We're talking about the soldier, U.S. Army sergeant that actually... Uh, defending himself downtown Austin against some protesters. We'll talk about whether that's right or wrong. Uh, we'll talk about um, 
whether you think uh, he defended himself or he committed a crime. And also, there's some breaking news out of Cedar Park, Texas. Breaking news out of Cedar Park. We have an active shooter in Cedar Park. Go ahead and tell us about that. Okay, so Rudy Kosky from Fox 7 says that there was a reported officer-involved shooting in Heritage Park subdivision in Cedar Park, just south of Leander High School, told to two to three officers may be injured. And there are there's an ambulance and an officer escorting an elder, elderly woman out of an area where the shooting took place. At least three ambulances, multiple SWAT units on scene. No info on injuries or what led up to the shooting. You can follow this uh, 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 Rudy Kosky on Fox 7. This is where I'm getting this information from. And we will we will bring this to you as it happens and as, as it is a developing case. We'll let you know what's going on. That's right. We'll bring in those updates when we come back. Also, we'll stay tuned to that and what's going on in Cedar Park. So definitely be careful out there in Cedar Park, Texas. Make sure you take care of yourself. Protect yourself and also protect your family. All right. So we're talking with Shoemaker and Shoemaker, and we're talking about the U.S. Army sergeant uh, that was downtown driving for a rideshare company in Austin when some protesters surrounded his vehicle. He felt his life was in danger, so he pulled out his uh, his concealed handgun and defended himself. And we're talking with the attorneys uh, who who are formerly JAG attorneys, at least one of them. And so they're giving us their insight on how this process is going to work. You know, what exactly is going to happen? Well, where we left off, Michael, was yes, because the actions happened in Travis County. The Travis County District Attorney has jurisdiction over the actions. The military also has jurisdiction over Sergeant Perry because he's in the military, mm. which means they would have jurisdiction over Sergeant Perry if the actions occurred in Travis County or Fulton County, Georgia, or Montana. In fact, the example I, I use when I, I teach a class at Georgia State Law School in Atlanta on this subject, and the example I love to use is, have you seen the movie uh, The Martian with uh, uh, Matt Damon in it? Yes, sir. Okay. They're coming back from Mars, and they all have a meeting halfway between Mars and Earth about they're going to turn around and go rescue Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. And the two members of the crew that are military say, hey, if we do this, we're violating orders. We could be court-martialed. So even in space, mm. theoretically, even in space, a member of the military can be prosecuted by the military. Mm. But uh, in this case, you've got Travis County District Attorney and the military deciding who would prosecute Sergeant Perry. Did you want to say something? Yeah, I was just going to add. But, but usually <clears throat> in, a, in a scenario like this, the military is going to defer to to the county or the state agency and allow them to prosecute. I I can almost guarantee you, although I don't know this for a fact, Michael, that a JAG officer at Fort Hood has probably reached out to the district attorney's office in Travis County at this point as in a liaison capacity and said, I'm the guy at Fort Hood that I'd like you to direct all your questions to, and I'd like to know who I can talk to in the district attorney's office as this case moves through investigation and possibly into a presentation to the grand jury. Right. Uh, and then what I'd like to remind people of, you know, we just had an election here with the Travis County uh, District Attorney. And what some people are not putting into the equation is that the actual D.A. that's there now lost her reelection. So she's mm-hmm. actually upset and she's not prosecuting any cases. So when the new D.A. is seated in January, then that could change. So we really probably are going to have to wait to January to find out what really happens. Well, you're probably going to have to wait anyway, because although a district attorney could go after a quick indictment, the statute of limitations on a charge like murder is, I mean, it's its long. Uh, in fact, I probably, I'm not a Texas lawyer, but I don't even think there is a statute of limitations in Texas on murder. So this case could be uh, could easily be brought to the grand jury by January. That's not thats not going to be a big factor. All right. And, and then um, any questions here in the studio? I don't, I don't. Well, I think Margaret Moore has a long history of delaying kind of cases and after losing her election it doesn't seem like she seem has a much interest in actually pushing forward with a lot of like prosecuting people and stuff like that yeah but there's some political concerns here that you need to consider that are broader than her um one of the questions the anticipated questions i wrote down when i when i was studying this on friday was uh um there is a current political climate regarding fort hood right now and a rash of violence up there uh, I don't know if you all are aware of that or have thought about that as a factor in this case. Hmm. Okay. And what would those be? Well, in the last, I think, three to four months, there mm-hmm. have been a number of uh, crimes, mostly deaths or disappearances of soldiers at Fort Hood. Um, one of them, and I forget her name, I have to read it off my notes here, uh, although it would be very familiar to, to a lot of people up at Fort Hood. Right, Vanessa Gian. Vanessa Gian, you're right. 
Uh, and just yesterday, uh, or the day before yesterday, two Fort Hood soldiers and one from Fort Sam down in San Antonio were among nine suspects that were netted in a Colleen investigation regarding uh, child prostitution, mm. uh, probably trafficking of young girls. So, you know, you're going to have, I know on the military side uh, that the, the, uh, sec at the Secretary of the Army level and the Department of Defense level, there's been some scrutiny and questions about why so many serious um, crimes out of Fort Hood have occurred just in the last few months. And that could affect how they look at this case here. Well, it could affect how the military would look at this case, but going back to something that my wife said a moment ago, if the military and the Travis County District Attorney are discussing who should prosecute the case, most of the time I think the military is going to back off if it didn't happen on the military base. It didn't happen near the military base. The victims and the perpetrators weren't both military, and military equipment wasn't involved. And in this case, I think all factors lead to Travis County. This is 60 miles from Fort Hood. None of the victims, to my knowledge, are in the military. No military equipment was used. So I really think that, you know, uh, I mean, and I'll go out on a limb here and say it, I think Travis County is going to take this case. I think that's an easy call. Hmm. Okay. Now, I, I can definitely see them taking it to the grand jury, and I can definitely see the grand jury probably no billing him. Uh, that's just my guess, and that's just, that's just my gamble on that. Well, yeah. and I, I listened to a little bit of your, uh, your, your show with his attorney the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought it was very interesting, and I, I read several articles about the case. I do agree with you, Michael. Uh, the moment an individual comes up with an AK-47, I mean, I'm not saying that there's not a jurisdiction anywhere in the United States where the police force doesn't have an AK-47 on hand, but that's just not a typical weapon for, for a U.S. law enforcement official. Right. So I agree with you there. Yeah. And, and if somebody's coming up to you and they have an AK-47, I mean, you are, that, that, you are reasonably in fear for your life. I mean, that's easy to... Well, that's going to be the issue. There, there are two major issues in the possible trial um, uh, of Daniel Perry, and you haven't asked me about that yet. But sure. first of all, it's self-defense. And second of all, it's the admissibility of those uh, very interesting tweets that are all over the Internet that he supposedly wrote. Okay. Okay. So, um, which one do you want to start with? <laughs> oh, man, let's, let's start with the interesting tweets real quick in like 20 oh. seconds, and then we'll, we'll take a break. Because all right. Very simply, there is a specific rule that applies under the federal and the military and most state rules of evidence that say that you can admit prior crimes, wrongs, or in this case, acts of an accused, a defendant, um, and as long as you don't introduce them just to show that he has a bad character. And if you have to break for commercial, we can, I can explain this more after the break. But those tweet, uh, that, that law favors admissibility. So when the prosecutor presents those tweets, the law automatically at the beginning is going to favor their admissibility if they do it right. But we All need right. to talk about this. All right. We, we come yeah, back from the break. We're going to finish with Shoemaker and Shoemaker and talking about this case with Daniel Perry. Uh, we're also going to talk with Edwin Walker. He's a principal attorney with Texas and U.S. Law Shield. We're going to talk about, hey, you know what? What if you find yourself in the middle of a protest? What should you do? This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Paulie on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. That's right. We got some breaking news coming out of Cedar Park, Texas. And there's an active shooter in Cedar Park, Texas, or active shooting, and we got an update for you. All right. The Cedar Park Police Department has confirmed that they are on the scene of an active shooting where multiple police officers have been shot while responding to a call at a home off of Natalie Cove. The subject is barricaded inside the home, and multiple law enforcement agencies are on the scene. The city of Cedar Park is asking people to please avoid Baghdad Road between Osage and New Hope. They have closed the southbound lane of Baghdad at Heritage. That's Baghdad Road between Osage Osage, and New Hope. And uh, they have closed the southbound lane at Baghdad at Heritage. Probably Osage. I don't know how to pronounce it, but that's northwest side of Cedar Park. Okay. Yeah, definitely stay 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 away from that area and be careful. Take care of yourself and also take care of your family. I tell you, it's it's more importantly now that you get yourself a license to carry handgun uh, and start you know worrying about your personal protection. All right. So we're talking with the attorney uh, shoemaker and shoemaker, and we're getting an update. Uh, well, we're getting their you know their interpretation of, of how they think this case is going and uh, what their turn of events are. So let's let's go back to the shoemakers. Hey there, Michael. Yeah, when we when we left off, we were talking about several aspects of the case, and you had said that you thought that the that the district attorney would no bill or attempt to get a no bill from the grand jury on this case. Yes, sir. Uh, and yeah, that that could be politically, culturally motivated, um, depending on many things, to include the uh, the public sentiment and some of the facts in the case. But I think it'll be presented to the grand jury either way. Right. Uh, and then we talked about some of the key factors in the case. I mean. Uh, it didn't take me long. I mean, before your first commercial was over, I was able to go to the Internet and just type in Daniel Perry tweets, <laughs> and his tweets pop up, and they're easy to read. Oh, wow. Um, these tweets, as I said earlier, the law favors the admissibility of information about a defendant or an accused, and that's the same under the military law as it is in Texas. I expect the prosecutors would attempt to introduce these tweets, uh, not to show that he's a bad guy, but they would have to have a better reason uh, and usually that reason is motive or intent. Okay. Uh, Mr. Shoemaker, I'd like to ask you real quick. Are you referring to the tweets that say, uh, send them to Texas, we will show them why we don't, we don't, we say don't mess with Texas, and... Those, those are the tweets I'm referring shoot, to. Shoot, center mass and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yes, sir, yes, Okay. Sir. Yeah. That we have, we have that. We can bring that up on the, uh, on the screen. We've got it. Oh, okay. I was just going to add, I don't know these are authentic. I mean, I found them on the Internet. But if they are, and they can be, you know, authenticated to hit to his identity and his and his tweet account, then I think the district attorney, uh, I think it's a no-brainer that they would want a jury to see these. And I think that the reason they would give the judge in advance of the trial is, judge, this shows this was not an accident. It shows that it was not self-defense, but he was looking for a fight, mm. and it shows that he had intent and motive to commit these acts. That's what I was going to ask you. It, 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 does it I, does it actually prove intent? Three tweets. Um, well, that's a question for a jury now, isn't it? And the point I'm trying to make is I'm not saying it Fair proves enough. intent. I'm just saying that I would be surprised if the district attorney's office didn't grab onto these tweets, make a pretrial motion with the judge to admit them and to show a jury. And the argument to a jury is, yes, these show his intent and his motive and that it wasn't an act of self-defense, but he was looking for a fight. Mm. Um, mm. I, would, I would not be surprised if a district attorney and a defense attorney were right now um, jotting out an outline for those motions. Uh, some of these, one of these tweets is in response to Donald Trump complaining uh, on Twitter about uh, civil unrest and protests. And allegedly, Sergeant Perry says, send them to Texas. We will show them why we say don't mess with Texas. Um, another one, and, they, and three of these four tweets are from this year. Yeah, and some, of these, some of these tweets have language we can't say on air. Uh, Just yeah, keep that I'm in mind. That. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. But the other tweet that you're referring to, skipping that language, says, shoot center of mass, it's a bigger target, it's, it drops them. Even if you shoot them in the leg, there's a major artery that will cause a person to bleed out in just a few minutes. Mm. Um, again, the law favors the admissibility of this material of an accused um, 
even if it has nothing to do with what happened that day, if the, the prosecutor can articulate a proper purpose for its admission and its relevancy. All right, so um, translation, make sure if you do something, you need to go immediately to your social media and delete everything. Oh, oh Michael, <laughs> immediately. Michael, 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 let me tell you something. There are hundreds of thousands of Daniel Perrys out there mm. posting stuff on social media that the next day or a year later, they're like, man, I shouldn't have posted that. But every once in a while, one of those guys ends up in a fight or flight self-defense scenario. Right. And then his or her social media mm -hmm. out there comes back big time. Now okay. You, now it's, you got me. You got me thinking terrible. about myself. Now I'm thinking, man, should yeah. I go and delete some stuff I posted yesterday? <laughs> well, if you follow the uh, the shaken baby murders over here in Cobb County a few years ago, Cobb County, Georgia, the district attorney was successful in pulling up the search history mm. on I forget the gentleman's name. Harris. Har yeah, Harris. That they pulled up his search history on his uh, home computer that showed, you know, I think it was uh, how long will a child survive in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, hot, car. In a hot car. Oh my so God. it's not just your social media, you know. Wow. But yeah, this is this. these are the perils of the modern age, Michael. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Well, I, I, All right. I tell you, I want to yeah, thank I got, I, got, I got something here to uh, add here. Um, uh, Daniel Perry has deleted his Twitter account. Yes, that and his... One, which is normal like a furry website yeah, yeah he kind of is... swiped his social media after he started seeing it being posted but he was a little too late though yeah of course yeah, a little too late well if you're saying he's a little too late that implies that he i mean i think it makes him look guilty if he's deleting no, all if, that's if it was normal. something that didn't in, imply intent then uh if if somebody was posting your social media all over the news mm -hmm. all over the internet shut it down too. probably delete it or look at it too right <laughs> well i don't know i'm a, i'm a little bit of an outlier I'm I'm not a normal person, but I I guess a normal person would. Until you get indicted. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I stand corrected. I should probably listen to lawyers and shut my mouth. There so. you go. Yeah. All right, Michael. Yeah, yeah, All, right. All right. All right. All right. Listen, Daniel Daniel Perry may or may not be indicted. Uh, right now, though, the military, the army's done a thing called flagging him. He's been administratively flagged. I guarantee you. So he's not getting any service awards or any benefits of any kind. He can't leave Fort Hood. Uh, I mean, he can't be reassigned. He could. He could Is he leave still post. getting paid? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Um, but even if he, even if this case is no build, uh, even if they don't even take it to a grand jury, uh, even if the military decides not to try him, they could administratively boot him out of service uh, just for the events. Um, there are a number of administrative remedies the military could take, uh, which probably don't trouble Sergeant Perry right now. I think he's got bigger things on his mind. Bigger fish to fry. Bigger fish to fry. But, I mean, and the biggest fish of all is, okay, I'm going to trial. I have to prove to, to 12 jurors that this was an act of self-defense. And, you know, you talk about the Bill of Rights, uh, the, uh, the Constitution. The right of self-defense uh, predates all of those. Uh, and to a great extent, it's a common-sense right. So the question is going to come down to, uh, was he looking for a fight? Uh, that's where the tweets may come into play, like I mentioned. Uh, and then it's going to come down to what he says and what several eyewitnesses say happened down there. All right, so I want to thank my uh, my attorney Shoemaker and Shoemaker out of Georgia there. Uh, you guys are in my parents' hometown where they had to defend themselves against someone who was climbing, climbed in on the second floor of their home and they had to shoot and, yeah. shoot and stop them. Uh, take a look at that case there. You'd be surprised about that. Um, but, um, man, I definitely want to thank you for coming on. Appreciate you, you know, enlightening us about uh, this whole situation. You're welcome. Our pleasure, Michael. Awesome. We enjoyed it. You have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Thank you. All right, Bye -bye. so let's get this uh, breaking news out of Cedar Park, this is a Texas. Real, real quick update. The, the scene remains very active, according to Cedar Park Police, and they are allowing media to stage at the intersection of Baghdad, Baghdad and Heritage Park, but it doesn't appear that this is going to end anytime soon. All right, so yeah, breaking news out of Cedar Park, Texas, and what's the uh, and how, what's the the count? What's going on? How many officers shot? What's happening? Three, we got three officers, possibly three officers that have been uh, shot. There are SWAT is on the scene, multiple ambulances. Some some accounts say three, some say two. Um, but the the Cedar Park Police Department has they have confirmed that this is an active situation, and that people need to be clear of this area. That's right. Stay clear. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, it's at it's at a, a home off of Natalie Cove, and the subject is barricaded inside the the, the house. 
All right, so in, in the attorneys brought up some good stuff, you know, and I want to bring in Texas and U.S. Law Shield, the principal attorney, Edwin Walker, on the show to talk to us about, you know, what happens if you find yourself in the midst of a protest? What should you do? You know, because the thing that upset me the most about this case, when I look at all the people that pulled out their gun and used it, none of them had a legal plan. None of them had Texas and U.S. Law Shield or anything. You know, you if you're that type of person who's going to exercise your Second Amendment right, you're going to open carry a firearm downtown in the city of the largest one of the largest states, you know, in Austin. And you're going to exercise that right. You should definitely have a plan of what happens in case you have to use it. And that really upsets me. And that's the one thing that I talk about. When we teach our lights to carry handgun courses, if you're going to carry a gun, you're going to carry a gun. You want to make sure that you have some type of plan, something, you know, and I and I, I present people the Texas and U.S. Law Shield plan because everyone in my family, all of my employees, everyone has it. And if we're going to use our gun, you're talking this is going to cost you 15 grand minimum. All of these idiots the, the person in the vehicle that defended himself in the vehicle, the person outside the vehicle that shot at the vehicle, all of the idiots, you know, everyone, none of them had a plan. None of them. So now they have to have GoFundMe pages to pay for their legal fees. And if I'm the driver in the vehicle, you're looking at a criminal side, you're looking at the military side, the civilian side of criminal, and you're looking at a civil side. I'm talking about at minimum, we're talking 30 grand. His GoFundMe page has only raised 5,000. Well, guess what, idiot? You need to have a plan. Don't carry a gun unless you have a complete plan on what you're going to do if you have to use it. You are a fool if you're going to carry a gun in this country and not have some type of plan in case you have to use it. Because that legal system, those attorneys, they're going to get their money. And that's a whole nother monster when it, when it comes to dealing with the legal system. You're talking this guy, he needs to have at least a minimum of 30 grand. He only has five. He's way short. And that's the minimum. And we're not even talking about going to an appeal at all. <sighs> all right, let me get uh, Edwin Walker with Texas and U.S. Law Shield on the line here. Edwin, man, you're on with Come and Talking, sir. Yes, sir. Can you see me? Can you hear me? I, I Edwin, how you doing, my man? You are great, uh, sir. I hear you great. I, I tell you, I, I mean, I'm just so upset. The fact that, you know, these, the, I, I'm glad that, you know, you're downtown. You feel that you have to defend yourself. Absolutely defend yourself. You should definitely do that. But if you're going to do that, you need to have Texas and U.S. Law Shield to cover you legally. Hey, you know, Edwin, I got to tell you something, man. I miss you. And I missed hearing you talk because whenever you talk to us, it always puts my mind at ease because I know... That if I was ever getting a situation like that, I would be covered. Okay, he's just sucking up to you, Edwin, because he knows that he works for me, and he knows. Hey, hey come on! Now. I, certainly, I certainly appreciate that. I, everybody, everybody enjoys being, uh, you know, being uh, flattered. So no, we're uh, you know we're happy. We have all of our our, our members. We fully cover those. Um, you know, you're right. Uh, if you do find yourself in a situation where you have to use force or deadly force. Uh, even without a gun, I know that obviously the most po you know the most popular uh, tool that we have to defend ourselves is a firearm. But it doesn't matter if somebody's accused of uh, driving at a protester or using their car in self-defense or you know grabbing a protester's uh, sign or club away from him and accused of, of using that in self-defense. Any weapon, any form of physical force or deadly force is defended uh, by uh, Texas Law Shield for Texas Law Shield and U.S. Law Shield members. So it's a, you know, it's obviously a great program to have, you know, uh, we've been doing this for 10 years now. So, I mean, you're talking, um, Edwin, we're talking 10 bucks a month, you know, plus or minus, you know, 10 bucks a month. How can you not have something for 10 bucks a month? That peace of mind, knowing that, you know what, I have to pull this gun out, even if it's not a gun. What if you're downtown and you have to, you get into a fight with someone? Because me, I'm a fighter. Because there are times, yeah, I get into confrontation. Yeah, I heard you guys don't do that. <laughs> no, just joking, just joking. <laughs> no, just joking. But yeah, you know, you know there, there are times that, you know, you, you may get into a fight or something like that. If, if that happens, you're definitely going to need an attorney to defend yourself, you know? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, even if you're just investigated and, and, you know, that's the thing about it is we have a long track record of over the years, uh, basically being able to guide our members. Uh, the lawyers are able to guide the members through the investigative process that either the case does not wind up having any charges filed uh, if it's a misdemeanor case or if it's a felony case uh, that they get no bill by the grand jury. And so, you know, a lot of that, a lot of the legal work goes into pre-filing or during the investigation in the hopes that there actually never is a case that's filed against a member. And, and like I always tell, you know, my classes, you know, you, it's a matter of having an A attorney or a C student attorney. You know, did, that, did, did your attorney get an A in, in school or did he get a C? Because it, depending on what it is, for example, if you're in a school, a school sporting event, you know, you're a, a C attorney can get you convicted of a felony under 4603. Uh, a attorney can say, hey, whoa, let's make that a class A misdemeanor under 46.035 and let's get him his license back, you know, in seven years. Yeah. And, you know, we get calls from attorneys around the state. Um, you know, our, our office, uh, we're the Walker and Taylor Law Office, which are the principal program attorneys for Texas Law Shield, uh, have have become known across the state as, you know, the the gun law, the self-defense law attorneys and we get lawyers from uh, calls from lawyers around the state basically asking for uh, advice interpretation uh, strategy questions so uh, you know so we this is this is this is where we have carved out our niche and we're very good at it yeah. and what people don't understand is we get calls from uh, judges who are in their chambers you know and I'll, I'll grab that three-way phone call and, and call Edwin up and say hey well this is a call this is a conversation for anyone here you know your honor uh, or i get a call from a police officer who has someone pulled over on the side of the road i get a call from uh, police uh, instructors who are teaching other police officers in an academy that have questions and i'm like you know what well let's you know well, let's call evan walker up and let's get him on this conversation and three or three recall there because this is this is too important and it's important that everyone is educated on what the law is you need to know what your rights are yeah, and in five five or six months, we'll be talking to legislators. That's right. About That's what right. changes we need. That's right. All right. So, Edwin, tell us, you know, what do we do? What do you do if, you know, all of a sudden I'm going downtown and all of a sudden I make this right turn and I see protesters surrounding my vehicle? Should I jump out of my vehicle and just make them get out of the way? What should I do? Well, uh, you know, we have to, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people talk and a lot of criticism uh, about the complication of terms, protest versus riot. Mm. And so uh, I think that we need to, you know, people have started scrutinizing uh, the difference between a protest and a riot. Uh, you know, obviously protests are protected uh, activities. Uh, they are supposed to be nonviolent. Uh, they can be disturbing. You know, obviously they're loud, they're crowded. Uh, they sometimes block roadways. And so as long as a protest is not doing anything violent, then, you know, there's, there's, you have no situation. Uh, the protests, of course, that we are talking about are the ones that turn into riots. Mm. So uh, whenever a protest has now transformed into a riot, uh, now you are in a situation where you potentially have to use force or deadly force to protect yourself. And so I want to start off with the legal standard. And so what the legal standard, what people have to remember uh, is the legal standard is that you have to have a reasonable belief that your use of force or deadly force is is necessary, is immediately necessary against somebody else's unlawful use of force or deadly force. Okay, so there's a couple of of important terms in there: the term reasonable, the term immediate, and the term unlawful. And so uh, you have to meet those three criteria. All right, we're having a little few, a few little problems there with your your audio there, Edwin. So we're gonna wait until your your audio catches up with us. But we have inside the studio, an Antifa sympathizer. So, you know, so what are your thoughts about this? He's uh, an Antifa, Antifa sympathizer. Um, I'm you calling about you. The, I'm the calling you downtown. Out. Yeah, I'm or, calling you. Yeah, you're an Antifa sympathizer. We talking uh, about? Apparently, but uh, Janai, I, well, lean into the mic, Janai. I think that's, uh, some of this. Is that libel or slander? That's one of those. I don't. I don't, I don't think know. that's accurate. Well, I think only I'm used to being sued, but that's okay. <laughs> Go ahead. So, 
I, I think um, it was not definitely not a riot when that occurred. They were marching down the street, of course, and it is illegal to walk in the street, but I don't think that's right enough for someone to drive their car into a bunch of people who are walking down Congress. Is it okay for them to run up on their vehicle and start uh, pounding on their vehicle? Um, no, but when you drive your car point- into the crowd that's already there, you kind of have to assume that people are going to surround you since there's been so much like so social I, media. So I should stuff. assume when I don't see these people, I should assume oh, that. Hey, hold, hold on, hold on. I, wait, wait. There's one thing I want to bring up first <laughs> what, because what? you guys, you're both doing something that I think is uh, not good. You're assuming, you're assuming that he's assuming this guy did not have intent turning into the crowd, and you're assuming. Well, I don't know. You might well, might not be, just, but he's, he's. You're also possibly assuming that he did have intent driving into the crowd. It's very possible that this guy made a mistake. I just want, I, I want to throw exactly. that out there. So I lived downtown. I know that spot very well. And the words you're using, drove in. Well, he didn't drive into a crowd. He was driving on the road where a vehicle is supposed to be. Supposed to be. That's true. He did okay. take a kind there of a There are sidewalks. Sidewalks. For pedestrians. They were not legal... Here's the key word. They were not legally protesting. But does that give, does that. So I know we're supposed to yield to pedestrians, but to make the assumption that he drove into them. Drove into them. He was on the road. That's where he's supposed to be. He's not supposed Mm -hmm. to veer onto the sidewalk. And it's very easy, easy, very easy. I will say that I've watched the video footage probably 300 times now, and he did stop his car. He He, did stop, and he did not hit anyone, and multiple eyewitnesses have confirmed the fact that he didn't hit anybody. So they, so he drove into a crowd and then they ran toward him. Yes, it and does. And then seem we're with banging the video, on his car. They did go yeah. towards him, and it, it it is true. But he did obviously see the people there, so it's How do hard you know? for him. No. Well, you, well, from that angle, if you sit on the street, you can see like the whole down Congress, everybody walking up, because it's basically like a lot. Yes. Okay. But so. hear me out. So he's an Uber driver, and he's mm-hmm. probably paying attention. And I'm gonna say this: I'm not justifying looking oh, no, at your fine. phone while driving, right? Because I've seen many people do that. It's a frustration I have. But he's he he was already committed. He probably needed to take a right turn. And it's a road. He should have every right to take a right so here's, turn on a road. I, I have a question. If Let's say, mm-hmm. just t- take this as a hypothetical. Let's say this guy was uh, driving recklessly, right? And then his reckless driving got him into that situation. And again, this is a total hypothetical. I have no real evidence of this. Um, Reckless driving gets you into a situation. Does that is that is that like a um, is he liable for that? Um, I would say kind of because I think tensions are so high there when someone sees a car driving for a protest. Even like in the first days with with that biker, I remember you saw him drive up. People drive a vehicle into a group of people. People are automatically assume it's like have hostile intentions, so they are going. The vehicle on the road has hostile intent. I mean, if you, because people have seen so much since they've driven into like protests and stuff like that. Well, put you, Michael, put yourself in the shoes of the protesters. I'm sure yeah. that if a if a car was driving towards you, you would not. Think, last oh, they're probably here to hand out last ice time cream I checked, or something. Last time know? I checked, mm-hmm. I was black, and I remember when we protested, we protested and we walked on the sidewalk back in the 60s. Michael, I'm just putting it out there. Michael, let me tell you something. Go ahead. I don't care, because here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. This isn't the 60s, okay. and this guy wasn't black. Okay. But if we're going to a peaceful protest, Mr. AK-47... I just want to throw color in there uh, just to make you mad. If we're going to a peaceful protest, why does he need his AK-47? Uh, Garrett originally started uh, carrying a weapon um, after a man pulled a gun on him and his wife in front of Austin Police Department uh, about a month prior. An AK-47? Yes. He needed to carry. Now, to now we are a protest. firearms... Let me bring Talk it back. Show. Let me bring it back to the center. I know right. we're open but, carry is, but, is not illegal. I'm not, Let me bring it back to the center. I know it's center. not illegal. Right, so we'll we'll well, well, hold on, hold on. I just want to make I want to make a point because open carry is not illegal. It's not a reason to get shot. Walking through the street with a gun, walking up to a car is not the best move, but it's not illegal. You can't I'm not get saying shot it's illegal. That. What I'm saying is everybody wants to say, oh, he was carrying lawfully and he was he was there with good intentions. He just wanted to protect himself. What about the guy in the car? He's just driving his damn car on a road. That's right. Oh, and that's, he had yeah, a, gun, a valid point. And he had that's a gun, true. too, that's to right. protect himself. Right. And then Mr. AK-47 comes up. 
okay, what do you want him to do? Just say, hey, that's a nice gun. Where'd you get it? Like, it doesn't even make sense. I, th- I think we'll see, like, in the case when the jury actually decides what's going on, what his intentions were. And, I, and you talked about the tweets earlier and stuff. It seems like he did have a, a, sen- a sense of a hostile intention towards the protesters. But at He the definitely same time, did not have a positive view. Yeah, let's go back to Edwin Walker. All right, we got Edwin back. Edwin, you know, what's your take on yeah. this? Because we're running out of time. I'm sorry, sir. Oh, sure. Uh, fortunately, Texas gives us some bright lines about when somebody's reasonable. And uh, obviously, the presence of a gun is, um, you know, if, he, if, if that's going to be seen as if, if somebody's coming at you with a gun, the jury in the Well, look, look, Michael. Okay. Let me let me ask you this. We Do you remember when we had Edwin Walker on maybe a month or two ago, mm-hmm. and we talked about when can you shoot somebody in a protest? Right. And that's that. His answer was essentially. If someone hits the quarter panel of your car or the door of your car, and you can shoot him. Oh, no. That's not what Edwin it, said. It, no, he said if somebody attacks your car and you think There's that a little more to that. And, and you think that they're trying to break into your vehicle. Let's not put words in Edwin's mouth. No, I, I'm, I'm not. Edwin, this, Edwin. I, go ahead, Edwin. All right, we lost I, him. Okay. What I'm saying is that he, I remember, I was here, I remember what he said. Okay. He said that, I, and I specifically asked okay. him, mm-hmm. if somebody is attacking your vehicle. I, hear, I, I, think, I think the caveat was that it couldn't be the quarter panel, actually. Mm-hmm. But if somebody attacks your driver's door and, and damages it okay. in court, it could hold up that you reasonably thought somebody was going to try to kill you. Antifa sympathy. Antifa sympathizer, what do you got to say? Ed, wait, hold, Ed, ask Edwin if what I just said is accurate. Right? Edwin, is that correct, what he just said? Uh, no. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I remember I asking you. All right, real quick, Edwin, go ahead. Answer that question. The most, the most important part is you have to have an objectively reasonable belief that the person was unlawfully trying to enter your vehicle. Mm, they didn't try to pull them out. Sorry. That's what I just said. They try to pull them out. Right. Well, enter or pull them out. It's, you know, the law treats it the same way. When it comes so if you have a reasonable belief that somebody is unlawfully trying to enter or remove you from the vehicle, then that's whenever you're given a legal presumption that your use of deadly force is That's what, is I, that's what I'm saying. So what you're saying, Daniel Perry wasn't legally allowed to shoot him in that case because they didn't try to remove him from the vehicle. No. Not necessarily. No. Because here's the key. And thank you, Edwin. I appreciate you. And I, I, we should have got you on a little sooner. I apologize for that. Here are, the, here are the situations you'll be able to use force or daily force. If someone's attempting to enter or remove you unlawfully from your home, your vehicle, your place of business or employment, if they're committing aggravated kidnapping, murder, sexual assault, aggravated sexual assault, robbery, aggravated robbery. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talkin'. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.